This is an ohs.com.au production. Welcome to episode 18 of the Australian Health and Safety Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Rebecca Jensen, who's the manager of the Work Health and Safety Electrical Policy uh, from the Queensland Government. Good morning, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, Brendan. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks very much for uh, agreeing to come on the show today. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you do, Rebecca. Uh, so I'm the manager for the Work, Health and Electrical Safety Policy uh, team here um, within the Office of Industrial Relations uh, in Queensland Government. Uh, and basically my role involves uh, policy development around a range of um, workplace health and safety issues. Uh, so uh, in particular, uh, a lot of my work involves um, the creation of uh, legislation uh, to improve safety outcomes for workers in Queensland um, and just the day-to-day -day really of managing uh, the policy business um, in this portfolio for Queensland Government. So to, to get into that role, did you, um, did you do like law at uni or is it just something that you've learnt over time through practicalities of working with health and safety? Uh, I do have a, a, a legal background um, and I have worked in a number of different policy agencies across Queensland Government um, uh, and I also did start uh, my early career as well um, here actually in the department in, an, in another role uh, in an industrial relations focus role so it's just sort of been a little bit of everything to, to get here. Well I'd imagine there's never a dull day. Um, what, what sort of stuff are you working on at the moment? Absolutely, never a dull day at all. Uh, well, the um, work program for the area at the moment is extremely varied. Um, one of the uh, key instruments that we work on at the moment is the development of various industry codes of practice. Um, so your listeners will probably be aware that there's been um, a lot of media coverage around the risks posed by respirable crystalline silica uh, to workers, particularly um, workers in the stone benchtop industry. Uh, so there's a lot of work going on in that area at the moment uh, and we really do have, um, I guess, a grab bag of issues. Um, you know, there's something new coming up every day uh, and a lot of it's urgent uh, and important and requires um, a quick response. So, yes, it's um, never a dull day. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's that's a thing you'd have to prioritise all the time, I'd imagine, what, what is more important than other issues and, and uh, get a bit of a list happening, I'd imagine. Absolutely, lots, lots of list making for sure. <laughs> um, so what I, what I originally uh, approached the department about was the changes to um, health and safety reps. Um, can, for those who, of our listeners that don't know, can you just give us a bit of a background on what's changed with HSRs in Queensland? Yeah, certainly. So uh, what I'll do, if it's okay with you, Brendan, is just um, have a chat about what the role is and what it entails, um, just yep. for listeners who Perfect. might not be familiar. Yep. Uh, so basically, health and safety reps, or HSRs, were established under the Work Health and Safety Act, uh, really in recognition that, I guess, the effective participation um, of workers uh, in their own work health and safety interests is really... Um, a really important way of improving health and safety performance in the workplace. So it's really about getting that engagement on the ground amongst workers. Um, in terms of how the framework actually operates, um, basically health and safety reps are elected by their own kind of work group within a workplace. Um, and what I mean, mean by work group is basically a group of workers um, 
on a work site who share a similar work situation, so you know, involved in similar kind of tasks um, on the site. Uh, and the Act actually allows for one or more work groups at each workplace, so there can be more than one um, work group, more than one HSR. Um, so basically, uh, the Act gives HSRs um, some quite important powers. Um, this includes the power to um, inspect their workplace from a health and safety point of view, um, to be present at interviews around health and safety um, incidents, and also to receive and share information regarding health and safety matters with um, the management at their work sites. Uh, they can also establish the um, uh, they can also request establishment of health and safety committees to help sort of guide the work health and safety um, approaches uh, in the workplace. Um, and probably most uh, significantly, um, if a HSR becomes aware of a safety issue on a site, they actually have the power to direct work to cease on the site and they can issue a provisional improvement notice. Um, and that really requires um, the business, uh, or what we call person conducting a business or undertaking in the legislation, um, to basically fix up or take actions that they need to take to prevent a breach of the Act. And so in practicality, do you see that happening much across industry? Uh, well, what I can say is um, at the moment we've got just over 4,500 HSRs um, across Queensland uh, and we've got 481 um, businesses who have HSRs in their sites. Um, okay. What this has resulted in so far is um, 12 provisional notices being lodged with the regulator. Okay, no, that's, so that's it does, fantastic. So it does happen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not fantastic yeah. that we've got the the, uh, the pins being registered, but just all that detail on, um, you know, what the stats are. And That's right, and I guess it shows that the powers are, you know, the you know the role of health and safety representative isn't just uh, it's not not window dressing. There is there is uh, real functionality to it. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine you're only if you're a HSR, you're only going to issue a pin if you get. Like you just can't, you're banging your head against the wall and you can't get things resolved and that's kind of the last, the last straw, so to speak. That's right. Well, I think, you know, that it's always important to, um, for workers and employers to, you know, approach these kinds of relationships in, in good faith and positively. So, yeah. So those stats that you've got, is that since mm. the new legislation has been introduced? And, and maybe we'll just circle back and just, because there's been a change now that, uh, yeah. Training for HSRs wasn't mandatory, and now in Queensland it is mandatory. Correct. So um, I'd have to um, take your question about um, you know the total period that that's for yeah. uh, on notice. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, um, no, that's okay. But if you like, I can um, I can start talking about the um, the specific changes that have happened in Queensland yeah, that, for HSRs. That, that'd be great. Yeah, great. Okay, so I think it's probably important um, for people to understand, I guess, the, the genesis for the changes and, and why they've been made and where, where we've come from in this regard. Um, so I guess a lot of people will be aware, um, or certainly in the industry, in the safety industry, will be aware that um, in 2017 there was a best practice review of workplace health and safety Queensland um, undertaken, and this followed on from the terrible tragedies um, that we saw at Dreamworld and, and at Eagle Farm as well in Queensland. Uh, and I guess the review really highlighted the unique role that HSRs have to play in contributing to, to making workplaces safer. Um, so previously the legislation set out that um, persons conducting a business or undertaking had an obligation to train HSRs, but this is only where um, it was requested by the HSR. 
Uh, and what the review found was that a lack of kind of compulsory training um, around for HSRs really was sort of um, hindering their ability to carry out their duties effectively um, and overcome, I guess, their concerns and, and just deal with their concerns about, you know, potential reprisals for taking action in the workplace and that, that sort of thing. Um, so as a result, the review made um, three uh, key recommendations concerning HSRs. Um, so the first one was to basically reinstate provisions that were repealed in Queensland in 2014, and that related to a requirement for um, employers to provide uh, the Work Health and Safety Regulator here with a list of HSRs and deputy HSRs for each work group. Um, the second one was to uh, require mandatory training for HSRs um, within a certain period of time um, of them being elected to the role and for this training to be refreshed um, at regular intervals. And the third one was to require um, businesses to forward to the regulator a copy of all the provisional improvement notices that were issued by HSRs. Um, so in response to, to these recommendations, um, government took action and we amended the um, Work Health and Safety Act um, to strengthen the function of HSRs. Yep. Um, if it's okay with you, Brendan, I'll just talk through now what, um, uh, what those changes were. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, so I guess probably the one that's potentially of most, most uh, interest to, to listeners today um, concerns the training of HSRs. It's obviously particularly um, uh, interesting for any RTOs out there that are listening. Um, so there's now a requirement for HSRs and their deputies to complete mandatory five-day training course and that has to be done now within uh, three months of their election to the HSR role. Um, when a training course isn't reasonably um, available, so for example, um, it might be a, a case of geographical remoteness and limited access to training, uh, then in that case the training has to be taken as soon as practicable. Yeah. Um, all the HSRs have to take refresher training um, and that consists of a one-day course and that has to occur at least uh, once every three years. And what that means in practice is that the first refresher training um, has to occur three years after the initial training is taken by the HSR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just going back to the provisional improvement notices, um, it's important to note that until a HSR has completed that approved training, they don't ha actually have the power to issue um, those notices, and that's really a reflection, I guess, of, of the responsibility um, involved in, in kind of making that call on the work site. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's an appropriate kind of way that the legislation recognises that. Um, and, of course, the legislation is quite clear now that if a worker chooses not to undertake the training that's required and within the time periods that are set out, um, they actually uh, forfeit their eligibility to act as a HSR and they'll have to be replaced in that role in the workplace. And so what I guess I've always, I guess, not understood clearly, is there a minimum... Uh, like does it affect every single industry, like every single business and what's the minimum amount of employees that you would have to have in a business before you need to have a, a, um, a committee? Uh, I know it's certainly the minimum number of employees that you need before you have a HSR is very low. I'd have to confirm confirm yeah. that for you um, but certainly uh, you know it's not um, it's not an excessive number as I recall it. Yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, I might I might circle back to you on that because it would yeah, be Yeah, sure. You know, if you're a small business with five people, obviously it's I would I would imagine it wouldn't be practical to 
have these arrangements in place, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check for you because I don't want to. Um, yeah, provide. give the wrong information. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, um, and so because I mean, 481 businesses. That, I mean, it, is, it does sound like a lot, but I'd imagine there's a hell of a lot more businesses in Queensland than than that. Yeah, that's correct, and I think. Um, uh, one sort of uh, key priority for Queensland Government over the next 12 months is really to work with um, RTOs and with industry uh, to kind of increase the number of HSRs um, across the state uh, and yeah. also continue to work to really improve the quality and, um, and um, I guess, uh, robustness of the training that's on delivery for HSRs. Yeah. So the program at the moment, as I understand, um, it's prescribed in the sense that uh, the department provide the training materials, is that correct or is it up to RTOs to contextualise um, those materials? I'd have to confirm that for you. What I do know is that the uh, training courses have to be approved by the yep. Health and Safety Regulator here in Queensland um, and I believe there's a list of approved RTOs that can be found on, on our website as well. Um, and just while we're on that topic, it's probably uh, relevant um, to note as well that um, uh, there's um, actually a place on the website that RTOs can apply um, to become a, an approved HSR training provider. Um, yep. So on the website um, there's uh, a page for RTOs and there's a publicly available application form and a, and a guide as well. So that's something, um, if there are any RTOs listening who, who are keen to be involved in that registered training, um, that's, um, that would be the way to, to start those inquiries. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely fantastic. So it sounds like, um, when, when did the legislation actually come in? Was it beginning of this year or last year? Uh, so what I'll do is I'll just clarify, because um, there's been a couple of little changes along the way that okay. uh, that sort of relate to that question. Um, so basically the mandatory requirement for HSRs to complete their five-day training course was introduced on the 1st of July last year. Um, yep. But the uh, requirement initially was for HSRs to complete that training course within um, six months of their election to the role. Um, yeah. And uh, from the 1st of February this year, uh, the time frame was actually reduced to three months. So what this yeah. means in practice is um, a worker who was elected to a HSR role on or after 1st of February this year uh, has to undertake their training within three months of their election. Um, and any HSRs who were elected before February this year uh, have a six-month period from the date of their, their election to, to undertake their training. So yeah. there's, there's just been a couple of, of changes, um, and basically this change was <clears throat> made to, uh, I guess, factor into, the account, factor into account the fact that um, some workers who uh, might be um, nominated or uh, who might fill the role of HSRs can be on short-term contracts, uh, and we know that there's a link too between short-term contracts and industries um, that have high safety risks. And we just yeah. wanted to make sure that we weren't, you know, excluding people because of the the nature of their employment. So. Yeah. Oh, it it sounds like a it, it's good to have that background of why the changes were made and because um, I mean from I guess putting sort of an objective hat on I guess if. You know, particularly with private businesses, if they don't have to do the training, then they probably won't. Even if that's correct, yeah. Well, a lot of it's probably not fair to say that for everyone, but 
a lot of businesses, unless they're told they have to, then there's always some other pressing issue that needs to be addressed. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's it's really not so much a question of willingness. It's more, um, you know, we all know that there are lots of um, there's lots of work involved in running a business, and lots of priorities, and lots of competing time and, and cost priorities. So, um, you know, enshrining it in legislation is just a make, just a way to make sure that um, you know it does happen, um, and HSRs, uh, you know, are able, you know, do have the skills and training and, and support that they need to really perform effectively you know, as a function of the workplace. It's underlining uh, for industry that it's important. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, as I said before, it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's not a nominal role. There, it, it is an important, it is something that we take seriously and, and is, um, is a position that really, um, I guess, has a lot of uh, potential in terms of achieving positive workplace change. And so what are some of the other things that the department uh, I guess it's an ongoing process to educate the community that um, this is a new requirement and it's needed. Um, what other uh, things do you know if the department are doing to, you know, just to get the word out there, I guess? Um, I am not entirely sure about our broader uh, in engagement platform for HSRs. What I do know is that um, the department uh, does have um, some mechanisms in place to kind of continue to engage very closely with RTOs for the next yeah. 12 months, as I yeah. said, to work on those training courses and, and to, I guess, um, maximise the opportunities yeah. there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're the, uh, the RTOs are the messengers in a way. Correct. Can, Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, they're, they're obviously, they play a, a key part in, in the safety industry and, and that's, um, you know, one major way that we could increase, um, you know, HSR representation. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Now, did you have anything else that we needed to add, Rebecca, before we, we wrap up? No, I'd like to get back to you, though, on that uh, number of employees in a work group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I'll get so, to that for you and provide you with a, with a clear answer on that one. And, and what I'll do is um, we'll, I'll just include those stats in the, um, in the show notes so people have that info on the, you know, the minimum, of, minimum number of employees uh, that are required before you need to put a HSR uh, roles in place. That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Rebecca. And now if people want to find out a little bit more about um, this online, I, how would, what would they Google to, to get the departments? Sure. It's, look, it's a little little bit of a, um, a um, of a of a maze to get to the right page. So yeah, I'll, that's, I'll that's why I'm um, suggesting to Google yeah, it rather than yeah, uh, read yeah. out a web address. So. That's right. Well, look, what I can say is it, um, there's a WorkSafe Queensland website um, yep. and if you search health and safety representatives or RTOs on yep. that website in the search bar, yep. Um, yep. the relevant links will come up under there um, and that will include, you know, we've got that list of, of uh, approved RTOs, we've got the, um, uh, the application forms and guides for RTOs as well. So, and also, obviously, lots of general information on HSRs and, and the role that they play as well. So, uh, that's that brilliant. Well, well uh, thanks very much again for agreeing to come on the show. You've been very generous with your time and information. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get the word out there a little bit more. No worries. It was my pleasure. Okay. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks very much. Bye.